Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So that's the question. If I went to the uh, Giants-Dodgers game tomorrow night, which to me is the storied rival rivalry in all of baseball, not Yankees-Red Sox. Sorry, East Coast and your infatuation with that. But uh, Giants-Dodgers, you think my son could wear a Dodgers hat and walk from where we park our car to the stadium and be in the stadium and be safe? What is your What are your thoughts based on experience? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Yeah, the history of those series is that you got tons of fans from each team in both yeah. stadiums. So Look, be there, are, there are some rivalries. You going to go to a Raiders game wearing a San Diego Chargers hat back in the day or jersey? I wouldn't. No, probably not. Depending on where I'm sitting, but yeah, I don't know. That that whole thing just makes me nuts. Oh no, it's stupid. But do you do you want to like do you want to get on the Bart at the Bart station and ride to the Oakland Coliseum and go to a Raiders game in a Chargers jersey or a Chiefs jersey? I'm not going to. My dad and I actually did wear a Bears jerseys to a Bears Kansas City Chiefs game uh, well, the years most, and years most and years ago. Places it's sane. And my dad almost had to fight a guy in a bathroom. Oh, really? Yeah, belligerent, wow. drunk idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't, yeah. shame on you, Chiefs. I hold you responsible for I, that. I've always thought it's your racist name. I've always thought it's beyond ridiculous. Just beyond ridiculous. Of course, some people. Who wear uh, a jersey or hat to an opposing team? They're looking to fight. They want to fight mm-hmm. as much as the other guy does. Yeah, yeah. I've told the story before. Walking through the uh, parking lot, Bears playing the Packers in Chicago. A couple of guys beating the bejesus out of each other in the snow. <laughs> and as a kid, I'm thinking that's really odd behavior. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is, what? Are two of you, the two of you from the same part of the country. You look exactly alike. You're the same religion. You have the same accent, for goodness sakes. You're both doughy white guys. You probably have similar jobs. Your wives probably look like each other, but you're beating <laughs> the hell out of each other in the snow because one of you wearing green and yellow, the other's wearing uh, the blue and the orange. And if you had been born in the other town, you would be exactly. rooting for that team. Unquestionably. That's right. <laughs> but enjoy it. Have yeah. at it. <laughs> Go ahead. Bloody each other. Yeah, you're not really bothering me. <laughs> Although it was a little disturbing as a kid. Yeah. Anyway, boy, we have a lot of good stuff to get to, including a, an expert in criminal minds, especially <laughs> deviant criminal minds, ends up being a deviant criminal. Weird. What's so funny? Sorry, I saw a funny text. Biden saw that series where the Giants beat the bridegrooms. That's the last <laughs> time the Giants and Dodgers, then the bridegrooms play it was 1889. <laughs> Biden yeah. was there throughout the first pitch as a young senator. <laughs> hey, hey, Esther. <laughs> All right. All right, great-grandpa Joe. Anyway, gosh, it's high time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Parenthetically, when you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. 2020 Joe Biden is now officially dead and buried. So we really need to talk about the substance of this. And it's crucial to juxtapose that contrast within those realms of varying perspectives. The thing I saw on Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. 
are the most transparent company in the industry, we would welcome government regulation. Facebook communicating problems on Twitter. That's like Burger King running out of fries and having to announce it on a Big Mac. They said you were urinating on a mailbox. Oh, they're out of their minds. I was just blown away that he was still on the route. I just assumed he would have been taken off of it. And the San Francisco Giants, they have beaten L.A. for the National League Western Division title. The Dodgers are walking off to San Francisco. If we could just finish this thing, what did they say? We're not building more well. There's no conversation. There's no, there's no adult dialogue, if you will. There's still an opportunity for Republicans to join us in being adults in the room. We need the dog that better right now. I don't think they're appropriate tactics, but it happens to everybody. But two people do not have the right to sabotage what 48 want and what the President of the United States want. That, to me, is wrong. I'm upset with us because we had a strategy to make them pay a price. Two trucks drove towards each other on a country road. One or the other was going to turn, or you were going to have a lot of dead chickens. President Xi Jinping has pledged to bring the island under Chinese Communist Party control. They've learned from us from Desert Storm that in order to win these wars, you have to you know, punch hard first the first time, make it so bloody that the, the enemy doesn't want to respond here. Is there a point where you will say, I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore? And step aside. No. Absolutely, unequivocally, no. It was there that doctors confirmed her worst fear. A tiny spider was living inside her ear. This copy was literally just handed to me. I barely know what this says, and I certainly don't care enough to lie about it. It's like suggesting to your mom she become a swinger. I mean, you just you <laughs> dare not say the words. It's just like that. It's exactly like that, Michael. <laughs> An unfortunate metaphor. Not one of my best. <laughs> so we got this text. I was talking the other day about I'm on a, uh, uh, a kick reading about the French Revolution, which I've done a couple of times. And uh, reading this, there's a brand new book out about, out about it. But anyway, um, somebody texted, hey, Jack, there's a podcast called Revolutions, which actually I'm familiar with, that has a good rundown of the French Revolution. And it's a, a podcast by this guy named Mike Duncan. The reason I bring this up is I, I think this is really interesting. Uh, we've talked a fair amount about the dissemination of information and, you know, why are colleges so expensive? All the information in the world is out there and freely grabbable. And it's weird that there's still anybody really profiting hardly at all after uh, off of information, much Um, less paying breathtaking amounts more than has ever been paid. But fans of Mike Duncan, I mean, he's like a star, but he's a star in the podcasting world. He's one of the most successful podcasters in the history of podcasting, and he's done a number of history things. And what he does, he's a super smart guy who's just a fan of history. And, like, he'll get into something, revolutions. He did the um, uh, French Revolution, uh, Soviet Revolution. What was the other one he did? I don't remember. But, um, like, he'll read a whole bunch of different books. Watch documentaries, all these different things, take in all the information and then like compile it and pick out his favorite stuff and lay it out there. And it's very detailed. And like people I like um, turned me on to it with it. He works really hard to not like get a point of view or whatever. But it's the sort of thing you couldn't do with a book. You couldn't do that with a book because of all kinds of, you know, publishing 
rights and laws and copyrights and stuff like that. But there's Mm. nothing stopping me or you or anybody from reading five different books about something, compiling your favorite stuff and talking about it into a microphone and putting it up as a podcast. There's no there's nothing stopping that. And he does that about this. And it's the best way to learn something. So he doesn't pass it off as his own work or his own thoughts no, or anything no, like that. No, 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 so no, 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 it's just I'm it's, just a guy who's really into the French Revolution. I've read all these books. Here's here's the story. And you couldn't do that in the college classroom because they've got books that they've got to sell you. And there's a big competition and all kinds of politics involved in whose books get used and all these different things. I just think it's really interesting, and I hope that we're continuing down that road of information. And over time, people like this guy, Mike Duncan, will bubble up in all kinds of subjects, I assume. And there might already be that. Why? Well, I, I assume there are, sure. Where yeah. some guy who's super into economics has come up with the best podcast about economics, drawing from all kinds of different sources that, like I said, you p- couldn't put together in one book or college course because of rights and laws and bribery and all kinds of different things. Um, I just, you know, I'm pro uh, people learning stuff. You know, I do think that if you put a hell of a lot of work into writing a book, maybe you ought to be able to profit from it. But, you know, ultimately, it's information. The flow of information should be practically free, if not free. Yeah, I just, I, I'm intrigued by the legalities of it. Not that that's the most interesting part about it, but it's just, I mean, I'm picturing, okay, I have a podcast where I just, uh, we talked to, uh, we're going to uh, play a conversation with Tim Sandifer, absolutely terrific, in a few minutes. And um, if I were just to start a podcast where I read Tim's books, just and I sold them? advertising, and I made tons of money on it, you know, I, I would read them. Maybe I'd throw in a comment now and again, an aside, a quick uh, joke or whatever, then get let's get back to the text. I mean, surely Tim would be able to cut of that, right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. If you sell advertising, I would think so, but you don't have to sell advertising, obviously, to do a podcast. A lot right. of most podcasts, by far, probably 99% of them are people just do them for fun because it's stuff they're interested in. That's almost all podcasts. Hmm. And so, I don't think there's any way you can stop somebody from who's, who's really interested in this or that from just reading passages into a microphone and putting it on a pod, podcast form. Oh, no, think. no, absolutely not. No, no, that seems a crazy notion. Huh. Oh, well, I think it's, it's a brave new world. Well, Very I, exciting. I think it's going to make it way more difficult for anybody to explain why you should pay $50,000 to go have that particular professor read from that particular book to you. Well, there are plenty of people who tell you it's no longer about that at all. It's just about getting a check mark on your socially acceptable model, mm. modern American I'm hireable form. Yeah, the American caste system. That, exactly. That, that you, if you have any of the Ivy League schools, you are a certain sort of person. That's the point. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and so the, the fact that the amount of teaching has declined, the amount of learning has declined, the amount of work being done has declined, the great inflation is now a hilarious joke. They're indoctrinating your kids. They hardly learn a thing. It doesn't matter. It's just your entree into the... Uh, the caste system. I remember, I'll do this quickly, we're running out of time. Joe Biden talking about this many, many years ago, like maybe even before he was, no, I think it was when he was early a senator, but anyway, he went to Syracuse because he couldn't get into the Ivy Leagues. He didn't have the money or connections. It doesn't mean he's not smart enough. Whether he is or not, I don't know. But you well, know, he was first in his class, right? Money and connections is how you get into those places. Not a joke. The Bush kids go to Yale, not because they're so much smarter than everybody else, and we all learned that a couple of years ago. But anyway, um, 
I remember him talking about there's a river of power that flows through Washington, D.C., and it's the Ivy League schools. That's how you get to be an intern with this person and get to be that and this and that, and I'm sure that's true. It makes a difference. Yeah, yep. Well, that's, that's fine. I'm happy to exist outside that river. It's a disgusting, polluted river with dead fish and human feces floating in it. Oh, yeah. I want no part of it. Oh, yeah, I find that uh, that river of, uh, of a privilege. I'm going to go stand on the shores and just whiz right into it. Oh, you do that. You do that. It's a powerful <laughs> symbol. Powerful. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. CBS News with a feature. Meet Yoshia Kanoshida, an 81-year-old Japanese skateboarder who hits the local skate park six times a week to learn how to master new tricks from younger skaters. 81. Yikes. It's too old to skateboard. Woo. Probably ill-advised. Hey, just wanted to touch on a couple of things very briefly. University of Texas at Austin, Stanford University released a joint study comparing the economic policies of California and Texas, how they affect quality of life, and why people are moving uh, by the tens of thousands from California to Texas. And, you know, what they come up with, because they're looking at economics mostly, is that uh, housing prices are just vastly, vastly more expensive in California, and any difference in wages is not nearly enough to, to make up for it. Um, but what they leave out is all of the incredibly frustrating aspects of life in California. Jack, you pointed out earlier, prison guards, no vaccine mandate. Little school kids who are at no risk, vaccine mandate, because they don't have lobbyists. The SEIU, the giant public employees union, just got exempt from any vaccine or testing uh, disclosure requirements for work. So they can go to work. Meanwhile, Gavi is demanding that your company demand that you get the jab. And I swear, it's stuff like that that drives people out, too. Price of gas, traffic. You, there isn't anywhere in California you can be at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday where you're not going to be in bumper-to-bumper traffic pretty much. Not in Texas. No, no. And uh, if you haven't heard it, Elon Musk just announced he's moving his headquarters from Palo Alto, California to Austin, Texas. And he announced it at the company's sh- annual shareholder meeting on Thursday. And you morons who think that's a good thing or don't think that's a big deal. I was looking at the response to the story on Twitter. Good, go. We don't need you here. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. Let's 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 send the biggest car company in the world Bigger than the other eight added together and all the taxes and every jobs and everything that goes with it. Let's happily kick them out of California because you don't want that in your state. You're nuts. That's you like want- AOC driving Amazon out of, uh, you know, not building a, a center there in New York. You want to commit billions and billions of dollars to feed junky homeless people. You want uh, free schooling from four year old through 22. You want all these different things, but you're going to kick out the most, the richest man in the world. That's a, just a beautiful idea. Aaron Mellon, spokesperson for California Governor Lunkhead Gavin Newsom, defended the state's policy. Blah, blah, blah. California is the birthplace of innovation, the fifth largest economy in the world, and home to the biggest ideas and companies on the planet. That our success is not despite our progressive policies, but because of them. That's idiotic. It's because Silicon Valley happens to be in Silicon Valley. It doesn't have to be, and increasingly it's not anymore. And your progressive policies have nothing to do with it. It's a beautiful scenery. People want to live in California. 
You know how expensive and difficult it would be to move Tesla from California to Texas? But apparently it still pencils out to be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. And uh, one final Cal Unicornia story that's pretty interesting. It's, uh, well, it, it takes place in California. I'm not sure it's unique to California. But this guy, Gary Maynard, you may recall his name. We mentioned it. Uh, he was suspected of setting some wildfires. Um, I can't remember the uh, which fires. It's, it's in this article somewhere. But anyway, um, he is a criminology professor who specializes in deviant criminal minds and profiling and that sort of thing. Fascinating. Well, they say he's losing his marbles, more or less. He's got some mental illness situations, and uh, uh, they've tracked his movements. He left the city of Susanville, northeastern corner of California, headed up a steep highway to the Sierra Nevada, where he set the forest ablaze. Um, wow. Arson, and this is an interesting point, a crime whose perpetrators have included lawyers, dentists, millionaires, and residents of homeless encampments, has for decades been a concern in California, where about 10% of wildfires every year are set on purpose, they think. I'm sure they're not 100% certain what that number is, but but this guy who taught at Santa Clara, Chapman, and Sonoma State Universities, among others, had a fascination with the Jonestown Massacre and then turned into an arsonist somehow. Just lost his marbles. Tim the Lawyer, you love him. If you don't know him, stay tuned. You're, you're going to love him. Armstrong and Getty. Show. So I think for businesses right now, I think they want to see the all clear. And I don't think we're going to see the all clear until this Delta wave courses its way through the country. That's probably around Thanksgiving. So if I was trying to put a, an end point on when this Delta wave kind of has moved through the country, it's probably Thanksgiving. And then on the back end of that, we're going to have hopefully a vaccine available for children. Yep. And at some point before the end of the year, we probably will have the orally available drug for Merck if things go well and that undergoes a favorable review. And I think those two things are going to be sort of the bookend on... The, the sort of pandemic phase of this virus, and we're going to be entering the more endemic phase when this becomes an omnipresent risk but doesn't represent the extreme risk that it represents right now. Dr. Scott Gottlieb right there saying it's going to be a wrapping up here around Thanksgiving, which is cool. Uh, you know, Dr. Fauci, who said the other day, it's too soon to tell whether or not you can visit family for Christmas. Gottlieb is saying it's going to wrap up by Thanksgiving. What uh, a maroon. I have uh, respected Gottlieb's... Uh, Comments on this a lot more. also heard him on a podcast yesterday where he said most expiration dates are crap. So uh, that's worth knowing. As a, as a guy used to run the Food and Drug Administration. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And a couple of quick COVID notes. Uh, Matt Taibbi um, uh, was writing about what Scott Gottlieb was just talking about, that brand new drug that reduces the risk of hospitalization or death of serious COVID patients by as much as 50%, according to a study. Uh, Taibbi's writing about, and his title is The Cult of the Vaccine Neurotic, how that the headlines about that drug went from, hey, great news, because not everybody's vaccinated and the vaccine's not 100%. Uh, this thing could really help people get sick. To, it quickly over the course of days evolved to this is not an excuse not to get vaccinated. This could reduce vaccine compliance. This is a real bad thing. And the AP and, and CNN and and stuff. And, and he's talking about the weird quasi-religious cultist neurotic 
crap that surrounds the COVID right. now. Like I was talking about a couple of weeks ago when the uh, CDC came out and 16 of their 18 scientists said, we can't confirm that you need a booster. And so many people were disappointed. You're disappointed that the scientists think you might not need a boost? That's weird, dude. It's bizarre. It's, it's right. very bizarre. Right. They mentioned uh, morose. Uh, Bloomberg's morose headline was, No, the Merck pill won't end the pandemic. And for some reason, they included in that article randomly that some people are taking the drug ivermectin, which is a horse deworming agent. What the hell? What's the matter with you people? There's already an Elvis of Trotsy now presenting Armstrong and Getty. singing thing make it stop <laughs> scaring me here's your host for final thoughts joe getty let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew why not michelangelo is our technical director dealing with the gremlins and stuff uh, michael what's your final thought well this weekend i'm celebrating my uh, first wedding anniversary yes we're going out for steak and lobster but then i just checked the prices and oh my gosh things have gone up in price yeah I'll bet. So, I haven't been to a steak restaurant. If it's that expensive in the store, it's got to be crazy expensive. At a yeah, restaurant. it might be Papa John's. Ah, nothing wrong with that. That was a year ago? Yeah, almost yeah, a year yeah. ago. Bird I would have guessed six months, maybe. Wow, that's crazy. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, what's your final thought? Maybe now. There it is. Hi. Okay. You know, we've all enjoyed the coffee pot that we've had in there. It's brought a lot of joy to us here in the newsroom. I can hide it no longer. I brought the coffee pot in. I'm Alex, sorry. Alex is the one that brought in the rogue coffee pot against company orders. In Who which, authorized this coffee which pot? we're all loving, and it's the most fun thing that's happened around here, and I don't know how long. Jack, a final thought to share with the folks? Uh, two things I want to mention. One, I'm excited about the Giants-Dodgers uh, playoff baseball, and I may go to game two, and if I do, I'll talk all about it on Monday. My other final thought is a tease. If you didn't hear me talking about yoga equity... And the story I heard on NPR, check out Hour 1 of the podcast. It's so crazy. You get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. We ought to get the audio from that story and run it on Monday and and make fun of it. Uh, My final thought is uh, go Giants. I'm a big Giants fan. And also, I'm looking at the 14-day changes uh, in uh, cases and deaths of COVID. Cases are down almost 25%. Deaths are down 13%, continuing to drop. They're supposed to skyrocket in September, according to the experts. They've done the opposite. Live your life. Quit being a psycho. Quit being a psycho. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people have thanked so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of great clicks for you. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Get yourself an A&G t-shirt. I'll be at a march for yoga equity. God bless America. There'll be order in the house. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. And I hate that. There's still an opportunity to join us in being adults in the room. Are you <laughs> I'm pissed. You, you, you. Don't interact with them and just shut up about it. Hopsies on that. It's, it's, it's really serious. As two trucks drove towards each other on a country road, one or the other was going to turn or you were going to have a lot of dead chickens. Oh, don't look, Josie. Bye. Have a great Friday, you mother. The Armstrong and Getty.